Amen. Again, glad that you're here today. Glad you made the effort to be here. Every single week, I want to encourage you to, to invite somebody, grab somebody, text somebody, invite them to join you every single Thursday. We want to continue to see our men's lunch grow. Uh, today, we're going to continue our Bible study. We've been moving verse by verse through 1 John. We're going to close out the fourth chapter today as we move through those verses, and we're just going to continue marching through, through this letter of 1 John. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, It is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. It is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment. When you die, you will face the righteous judge Jesus Christ. Now, think about that for just a second. Can you picture that? Can you really even wrap your head around that? You will face the Christ. You will face the Messiah, the, the, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Lamb who came to take away the sins of the world, the creator of all things. That's what the Bible says. Created all things, the sustainer of all things, holding them together in the palm of his hand. The one that's before everything, the one that's after everything, eternally God, the King of kings, the Lord of all lords, Jesus Christ. You will face him in that moment. I wonder how we will do that. I really, I wonder, wonder what that's going to look like. Uh, the song that's, that's out and it's become very popular, the movie that's been made, says, I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I wonder what that's going to be like. I wonder what that moment's going to be like. I was talking to somebody. In fact, it was just this, this week. And I was talking to them about this matter. And they said, you know, you really can't know if you're saved until that moment. That's what they believe. You really won't ever know that you're saved until that moment, not until that moment uh, that you meet the righteous judge, that you meet Christ, will you really able to have any true assurance that you're saved. And they were telling me, I think that's the only time that you're actually going to be able to have true peace when, you, when you're in that moment. Um, the Catholic belief is that it is a, a presumptuous sin to believe that you are saved. It's a, it's a continuing work and it's going to be finished. And if it's, if it's not finished, it'll be finished in purgatory. But that idea, again, you'll never know if you're saved until you reach that point. Well, let me, let me tell you today, you can know if you're saved. You absolutely can know if you're saved. God wants you, in fact, to know, to have assurance of your salvation. God gives us in his word the assurance that we as believers, that we can know that we're saved. And, and it's very, very clear. And so understand, yes, you can know that you're saved. Yes, you can live today with the assurance that it is a settled fact through Jesus Christ. He, he gives us some ways. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Remember Ephesians 1.13 says that we're, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. The fact that you have the Holy Spirit guarantees you that you have eternal life. You can know. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit inside of us testifies to our spirit that we're saved. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit inside of you is testifying to the assurance of your salvation. You can know. The testimony of God's Word 
tells us, and there's, there's a whole bunch of verses we could pull out. If you believe, then you have eternal life. The, the verb tense is have. It is a, a settled fact. Yes, you can know. If you've put your faith in Christ, that belief has settled it. You can know that you have eternal life. Another way, the, the change that happens, the transformation that takes place, the fruit that comes out of a believer points to the truth that you can know that you have eternal life. Well, if you think about our context here today, John has been dealing with false teachers. And in their false teaching, they had robbed this people of that assurance. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. They come along and they teach a different gospel. They present a different gospel. Well, in that teaching of the false, they had robbed these people of their assurance. And so they're wondering, have I believed a lie? And so I'm not saved? Or, or is what I'm believing the truth? And so I am saved. And these false teachings had, had really resulted not in security, not in confidence, not in peace, but these false teachings had resulted in chaos and doubt and fear. Well, today in, in our verses, John gives us another assurance. Listen, you can know today that you have a settled faith in Jesus Christ. You can have the assurance that your eternity is settled through Jesus Christ. God wants you to have that assurance. Well, today in our verses, very quickly, John's going to give us another assurance. I'm going to read through our verses, and then we'll go back and look at our verses. Today, 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. Now listen to the verses. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, Christ, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Those are our verses. Let's look at our verses piece by piece this afternoon. Starting back with verse 17. Listen again. By this, listen very carefully. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Now, now see this in verse 17. As he is, as Christ is, so are we in this world. Now, that's a very heavy statement. As he is, as Christ is, so are we in this world. Now, what that means is, when you put your faith in Christ, your life is transformed. The Bible says you're a new creation. Behold, the Bible says the old's passed away. See, the new has come. You're a new creation in Christ. Now, what that means is you have a new Lord. You serve a new master. No longer yourself, you serve Christ. You have a new priority set. My priority is to honor him. You are transformed when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now be sure of this. We sin, yes. As Christians, we sin, 
But as the walk of our life, as the pattern of our life, we are changed when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. One of the great things that we're able to see is the change that happens when people put their faith in Jesus Christ. One of the greatest blessings that I get to see is our lives that are radically different when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Crazily different when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think I can even see it in the countenance of their faith, of their face. They, they look different when they've put their faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, as Christ has, has come to save us, as we've put our faith in him, we are radically transformed by the saving knowledge we have in Jesus Christ. As Christ is, so we are in this world. Then it says, by this, love is perfected in us. By this, love is perfected in us. We're new, we're changed. By that truth, love is perfected in us. The word perfected in the original language means brought to completion, is made full. Love is brought to completion in you. Love is made full in you. Now what that means is this. God's love through Jesus Christ, our faith in him, becomes our love. That's part of the change. That's our new heart. We love God as a follower of Jesus Christ. We have an intense love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. That carries over. We love other people because of that love we have for God. That's part of the change. And so the verse says this, because of that, your heart has changed. You're now a loving person. You have a love for God. You have a love for others. Because of that evidence, we can have confidence in the day of judgment. That's what the verse says. Confidence means boldness. Boldness in the day of judgment. Let me read verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Now, now see the picture here. If you are lost, if I am lost, on the day that you stand before the righteous judge, you're going to stand there in fear. Now, I want to tell you, I, I can't even really imagine that. I can't really even, even start to understand that. There is, there is a punishment that I have earned, and there's no way to dodge it. I earned it. I secured it. That punishment is eternal. It's not going to end. The Bible describes it as weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible says it's going to be in the absence of good, not one good thing. It's going to be in the absence of God. Listen, as I stand before Jesus Christ and I understand the guilt of my sin, as I understand the punishment for my sin, I'm going to stand there in fear. But if you are saved, then you can stand there, the Bible says, in confidence. You can stand there in that day in boldness. If you love, if the change is evident, if there is now love in you, love for God and love for others, and that's exhibited in you, you can stand on that day and say, you know what, that's not normal, that's not natural. It's evidence of a change. And John says the evidence of that change will allow you to stand there and say, you know what, this is, this is my Savior, Jesus. But I stand before him, my sin is forgiven. I stand before him and my redemption has been paid. 
I stand before me. My sin is gone. The Bible says remove as far as the east is from the west. I stand before him and I'm not waiting for the hammer to drop. I'm not waiting for the sentence to take hold. My punishment was taken in Christ at Calvary. And I stand there on that day not in pride. I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. But we can stand there in confidence because in Jesus Christ, it's okay. There is a change and that change tells us there is an assurance that we can hold on to. It's okay because we've put our faith in Jesus Christ. Our love is evident. Now let me ask you the question, but why do we love? Why would we love? You know what, some people are hard to love. There's some folks that it's honestly very hard to love those people. Why do we love? Look at verse 19. We love, he knew we were going to ask that question. We love because he first loved us. Why do you love? Why would I love? We love because he first loved us. Now, let let me tell you this. That's not some bumper sticker saying. Sometimes we take verses and we say, oh, that's a, that's a catchy little verse and that's a, something I want to print on a bumper sticker. We love because he first loved us. Listen to the heaviness of this. God loved us, you, me. Here's what we did. Here's what I did. We forget about him. We ignore him. We rebel against him, rebel against him. You know what, I'm gonna gonna turn and push back against him. We abandon him. We walk off from him. We think we know better than him. You know what, my way is better than your way. I know better than you. We belittle him. Oh, I'm wiser than you are. My ways are better. We belittle him. We slander him. He created us the apex of his his creation. We slander him. We disgrace him. We sin against a holy God. The Bible says our picture is like an adulterous wife. You slander his name. You sin against God. And he loves you. He loves you. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, gave his only begotten son. He loves us. Oh, I must have been worth loving, not not a little bit. Oh, I must have earned it, must have deserved it. He's so lucky to love me, not a little bit. I rebel and I disgrace and I abandon and I reject. And the gracious, kind, powerful creator God of the universe says, you know what? I still love you. Because he loves us, because he loves us like that, we're to love others the same way. Gracious, kind, forgiving. Because he loves us, we love others the same way. Listen to verses 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he's not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Now listen to those verses again. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. All the way through this letter, John is very plain. Now, let me just say this. In the midst of false teaching, in the midst of false teaching that's going to lead people to hell, 
I'd rather have plain. Well, dress it up a little bit, make it a little bit easier, make me feel better. Listen, when there is false teaching that I can't discern what's true and what's not, when there's false teaching that's going to lead people straight to hell, that's going to break up marriages, that's going to break up homes, when there's false teachings, listen, just give it to me straight. Just tell it like it is. And all through this letter, John tells it like it is. John comes here, and this is my paraphrase. John comes and he says, listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what your reputation is. I don't care if you're the pastor, if you're the deacon, if you're the superintendent of the Sunday school. He says, I don't care if you say that you love God and yet you hate your brother, you're a liar. And you do not love God. Let me boil that down. What that means is this. He doesn't care who you are. But if you're going around saying, I love God, and I love the, the Savior from God, Jesus Christ, and I love the things of God, and yet you hate your brother, you're lost. Don't love God. You know what that's called? That's called being lost. You're an enemy of God. You're in opposition to God. He says you're a liar. Listen, Jesus loves us. Jesus commands us to love. Jesus changes us to love, and we are to love our brothers. Let me tell you the truth. And some of you may say, well, I didn't know that. Here's the truth. Some of the meanest, vilest, roughest, backstabbingest people I've ever known hide inside the church. And that's the truth. Some, I'm talking about some of the meanest people I've ever known. Man, I, I wouldn't do my dog that way. Some of the meanest people I've ever known hide inside of the church. John says what Paul says, what Jesus says. That can't ever stand. That's not the truth. That's not, that's, not, that's not the reality. You see, if there is no change, that's what it's saying. If there is no change, if there is no love, if there is no faith, you are lost. It's evident in your fruit. Now, that's a pretty hard set of verses. What's the remedy? I don't care who you are, if, if the pattern of your life is, is, is hatred and divisiveness and slander and backstabbing and gossip, if that's the pattern of your life, let me tell you the remedy. Here's the remedy. Number one is this, get saved. Get saved. Get saved. We need to say, you know what? The, the pattern of your life is showing a different fruit. You know what? God's grace extends to you. His love is pouring out to you. The cross of Calvary is for you. The answer, first off, is to get saved. We need a whole lot of people to say, my hope is in Jesus Christ. My pride has been set down. And to put their faith in Jesus Christ. The first remedy is to get saved. The second remedy is this. If you are saved, get obedient. You see, as we pass through this whole section on love, we see this. Love is not an emotion. Love is not some romantic feeling. Love is an action. To sacrifice yourself for somebody else. You know what we have to do? The second remedy is to get obedient. To choose. To decide. To act. To love others. To serve others at our own cost. Because God first loved us. Back to the original question. Can you imagine that day? Can you imagine the day that, that you're faced, faced with Jesus Christ? Can you imagine, can you, can, you, can you think about that for a second? Now I sat there for a second to tell you and thought, you know what? Can you imagine 
when you are face to face with Jesus the Christ, the anointed Messiah, the Savior for sin, the only hope I've ever had when you're face to face with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I imagine all that I'll be able to do is just point to Jesus. The only reason I'm here is because of Jesus. The only hope I ever had is because of Jesus. The only reason I'm forgiven is because of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Point to Jesus. He's the one. He's the king. He's the one that deserves glory. I think all we'll be able to do is just point to Jesus. What an awesome salvation. Evidenced by an awesome change we love when it's not in us. And all of it glorifies the Savior who gave us his love. Glad you were here today. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come today. We're thankful for you. And we come today as men who, who are desiring to be led by you, directed by you, to look like you, to live, to glorify you, not to, just, not to just exist through this life, not to just burn up another season and turn a corner to another season, but living to, to point to Christ, to honor Jesus. Lord, I pray for some of us here today that we would put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we would set out our pride, that we'd have enough of our sin already, and that some in this room would trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, I pray for us here today that have put our faith in Christ. Help us to be obedient, and then help us to be more obedient. Help us to be faithful, and help us to be more faithful. Help us to hear the command, and to feel the empowerment, to listen to the direction of your word, and to give ourselves for others. Help us to love like you've loved us. And then I end this day by saying, I praise the Savior who though I rejected him, though I slandered and ashamed his name, loved me anyway. Lord, I'm thankful for your love. All glory to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Glad you were here today.